The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on The Viewpoint. Good evening, Francois. Welcome back. What stood out for you as the president spoke? Hi, Thank you for having me back. Um, the president didn't say this in many words, but between the 1st of November and the 2nd of December um, yesterday, there's been an almost 200% increase in COVID cases. Um, I guess percentages maybe scare people, but it's, prob- it's possible that we need to do this at this point because we're moving back to August um, type of numbers in terms of the contraction of the disease. Um, whilst we're making economic gains, we're making, in fact, COVID regression at this stage. Um, and we're heading in perhaps, into perhaps the most travel-free period uh, in South Africa's uh, year or calendar year, which is obviously important um, from this. But I think I, from the address itself, I'm quite disappointed. If it is true, well, it is obviously true, if it is so dire, the state that we're in with COVID at the moment, I'm unsure why the president didn't make more um, restrictions towards travel, especially in the garden route. There was repeatedly mentioned the, the garden route. Um, I know KZN, uh, uh, like closing their own borders provincially uh, and not allowing a lot of people in. Um, why hasn't there been a response from the president and the National Command Council where they've already recognized those places to be possible areas of concern, even if they're not necessarily hotspot areas by their own definition? So I, th- those are my two biggest concerns. I don't think the response that, we're, uh, that we have is proportionate to the threat that COVID uh, presents to South Africans this December. I've just received a message from one of our loyal listeners, and it does resonate. This is Sped Lamini saying, whatever the fatigue that has set in in any one person, we now have a collective responsibility to each other in the national interest to dig deeper than we have ever before in the fight against this dastardly and invisible enemy for the sake of of ourselves and the generations that follow. And I think that is particularly poignant as well as it is true because the ravages of COVID-19 will remain with us for some time to come. And if we do not seize what control we have now, we might just really be writing a completely different script than the one we envision in our own minds as we look towards the years of time to come. And, and Ms. Lamini has hit the nail on the head on that one, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the biggest issue is if you have public support for a certain policy, but you have gradually regressing in law enforcement based on those same policies or a lackluster response from police um, and other, you know, the private sector for you know, supermarkets and malls and so on that are letting people go on in, en masse. There wasn't a massive change on Black Friday either. Uh, the question then becomes, if people individually are responding to it well, what is the point if you don't have similar cooperation from law enforcement and from the private sector? Um, at the moment, those, that, that's where the hotspot is developing. Um, if law enforcement aren't patrolling the streets at night to make sure that people don't have large gatherings, if they're not making sure that people have permits for outside uh, you know, religious events, uh, or patrolling as well, or in fact punishing people for contravention of the Disaster Management Act. Uh, I, I, I think that the address from the president might just be empty words tonight. And I think 
if we don't have follow-up of the of this address with actual enforcement, it doesn't mean much. In many respects, and I'm coming to you now, Emmanuel in Cape Town, Mzwandil and Nelson Mandela Bay, much appreciated, especially coming from that region that is most affected by this speech and anonymous in KZN. The fatigue that has set in is in the individual. It's not necessarily with a frontline worker, with the president or with a law enforcement agent or just an ordinary Joe like Songhez or here. Everybody at some level is fatigued because this is simply not normal. And that is why the president does say we only have ourselves as a defense up until the time there might be a vaccine. So whatever, and this again speaks to Spare's point that we simply out of duty to ourselves and prosperity, have to be the ones who guard against this. Come what may, we have to do it. And it is difficult. I mean, this is not how life should be lived. Uh, Yeah, um, sorry, were you talking to a listener? I wasn't sure about that. No, 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 I was talking to you, but in any event, let's just take calls. Let's take calls. Emmanuel in Cape Town, Mzwandile, Nelson Mandela Bay, Anonymous in KZN, and Mohau in Garden Root. Four calls, one after each other, please. Emmanuel. Uh, good evening, my brother. Mm. Yeah, I will say uh, a big thank you to all the role players from the president to his cabinet, to the institutions, the media, the frontline workers, and all those uh, who have contributed to helping us to uh, fight this pandemic. I will only just say now that it is in our hands. It is in our hands. Our people say a word is enough for a wise, for a wise person. So if we cooperate, we will save lives and save livelihood. Thank you. Thank you so much, Manuel. Short and sweet. Let's go to Mzwandil and Nelson Mandela Bay as well. Good, good evening, my brother. Mm. Look, look, the first thing I welcome eh, the, the lockdown for, for Nelson Mandela. But I just feel eh, that the lockdown is lacking statistics. So I don't know where the statisticians are. And the reason I'm saying that, mm. I don't think there's anything special that the people of Port Elizabeth or Nelson Mandela have been doing versus other cities. So if, if we must know, first and foremost, what is making us tra- transmit and have so many cases versus other cities and other towns in other provinces. Until we know that, we would be better educated to be able to combat this thing. So yeah, if it is taverns, so what are the what what is the difference with taverns in this London, in Durban, in Joburg, mm. you, you know? Mm. So wouldn't they tomorrow have the exact same, same scenario? So I'm saying unless we know what is creating the increase in cases in Port Elizabeth, we might be creating a hit and miss. I fully agree with the lockdown and all of that, yes, but I am saying other towns also need to know what is creating the spike here so that they are better prepared to handle and to manage this the potential spikes that might happen in those particular mm. towns and in those particular mm. cities. Just a point of departure. I mean, PE, ne? our behaviors, really, I could be wrong, but our behaviors haven't changed that much. Hence, I'm saying it would be then interesting to understand what suddenly created the spikes. And we need detailed data to inform us what is creating that. Fantastic. That way we don't blame an industry tomorrow and say, I it is the alcohol and it might it might well be it is the alcohol it is that activity it is that activity unless we have 
data that is able to prove that. Fantastic. Much appreciated. In Afrikaans, they say, Darsay. In Isikosa, we would say, Thank you so much, Mzwandila, Nelson Mandela Bay, as well as Emmanuel in Cape Town, who tonight were our first-time callers. You know what that means? Anonymous in KZN. Hello, uh, good evening to you, uh, Songezo. I just want to say that I want to, uh, first I'd like to congratulate the president on his speech. Uh, and I hope and pray that everyone had listened attentively to his speech for one reason, that we all are not uh, observing the COVID-19. We are not taking the COVID-19 matter seriously. Because in every area, in every town you go, you go to the hospitals, people are not wearing masks. If people are doing whatever they please, they also want to cling onto each other, right? And the, the nurses have to come and ask them to, to, to move out. So I think people, uh, you know, I just, uh, the Lord must just be with these people. That's all I could say. You know what? They must try to believe in the Lord and, and God. And you know what? And keep their distance. Follow it. Just take a little bit precaution. Just for a period of time till we get vaccines, until we know it's 100%, until we know everything is under control. And, you know, the speech is correct. Even when he spoke of it, I'd like to thank the president as well for the updates that he gives us all the time. And he's always coming on the airwaves and, you know, and giving us updates. Thank you. More often will be better about the municipalities and everything else as well. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Anonymous. Let's take one more call before we revert to Francois Brits, who's making sure to engage the thoughts that are coming through from you at home. So please do keep your thoughts coming through. Mohau, in the garden route, rather. Good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? Fine, thanks. Mm. Um, I'd like to just add, because I've been traveling from Johannesburg uh, for work-related um, uh, things, and uh, I traveled, ironically, I traveled in all these areas that are so-called hotspots. Um, I was in Sarah Batman, I was in the Nelson Mandela um, Bay, and I'm currently in the Garden Route. I'm between... Um, um, uh, I'm in Swellendam now on my way to Worcester. And, you know, I have to say in terms of what I've observed, particularly in the South Apartment area, uh, I was in a small town called Whittlesea. Mm, that's and, home. Um, and uh, I, 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 I went there in the evening to get food. And, you know, it was so... Pe- people are just complacent. And um, unfortunately, you know, it's the most vulnerable people. And um, they, 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 they are just so relaxed. I think to them, it's a joke. And another thing I observed is that the authorities themselves, the police, the traffic officers, they are not enforcing. Absolutely. It's complacency. You know what is supposed fatigue. to be done. It's, 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 it's as if uh, everything is normal. And... Um, and also in, 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 in some of the garages that, that I, I, I came, uh, I went through, you know, there's truck drivers. Uh, there, was this, there, was a, there was an actual incident uh, not too, too long ago in, in Mosul Bay, whereby one of the truck drivers was being reprimanded by Acacia in the petrol station to wear a mask. And, and, the, and the driver was just being... Um, ins- he was ins- he was insulting this lady to say, "Look, who are you to tell me that? You know, you are not my wife. You are not my mom. You, are, you know." And this was inside a petrol station. 
So I, I just think that our people, um, I mean, they're bringing this thing upon themselves. You know, it's, it's so unfortunate. It is really unfortunate yes, to have come to this, you know. Yeah. Um, that's just my observation. That's I'm, the reality. I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst of it, and I've seen it. I've observed it. Our people in this area are just... I just don't care. And it, it boils down even to the authorities themselves. Let's move on, Moha. We do appreciate your thoughts. It is true what you have said. Franco, how do you respond particularly to the point of complacency and fatigue, even though I think you have touched on it in your preliminary yeah. thoughts? But specifically the first point, anyway, that one could really respond to that of Mzwandile, saying that whilst he accepts what's going on in PE, but I mean, what makes PE any different to any other part of the country? And what is it that is the information that they are relying on to come to this conclusion, re and B versus anybody else? I think that's a very pointed question. Yeah, I, I, I actually think Mzwandile hit the nail on the head. Um, the president's speech did lack um, statistics about the localized hotspots. He said that there were various ways in which they're determining which areas are hotspot or not, but not exactly what made those places statistically hotspots. And that does place, I think, the resolve of people own, can only be equated to the deterrent that statistics is presenting to them. Um, however, I would say that anyone, like a lot of local newspapers, for example, the Daily Dispatch, um, and w- whatever else may be operating in the Port Elizabeth region, will have been reporting on specific, specific statistics within the area. There would have been speeches made by uh, Mayor Bobani and the Premier, uh, and there are various other ways in which information has been released to them. Um, there's a second part, if I may just address that, yes. uh, and this contrasts with the last two um, callers. The fact that some that Mzondile observes that the area has not changed. The anonymous uh, uh, caller says that people haven't w- worn masks and that also echoed with Mohal that people have become uh, complacent. You know, if you do, I, I, I think we shouldn't forget that COVID is indeed an invisible um, traveler itself. So if you aren't seeing people being, you know, irresponsible, you can't, you can't make the conclusion that there aren't a bunch of other uh, individuals or citizens of South Africa that are, in fact, being irresponsible. Um, in fact, most of those religious gatherings or, or the gatherings of family aren't things that everyone is aware of, and that's where the virus spreads the most. So if you believe that in malls you're saying people are compliant, they may not necessarily be compliant in closed quarters, behind closed doors, when they're with their families. And that's the largest problem that even the president highlighted. Mm, let's take some time to listen to some of the voice notes that have come through. And then on the other side of that, I'll give you an opportunity to take us through to the nine o'clock news. Well, as a medical person, I'm disappointed that no lockdown was instituted. Yes, I understand the economy um, is an issue. But if you are um, in a medical space, if you are somebody um, working as a practitioner and you really see the devastation, when, especially when you are working in this current time, especially in Nelson Mandela, where doctors are crying and junior doctors are seeking psychological help because they cannot deal with all the numbers of deaths, then you will know firsthand that a um, lockdown period is needed it will be a good scare tactic as well to get people um, 
jump-started to know that this is not a game. Thank you, Mark. A very good evening. You see, the problem is one. People have ears to hear but cannot hear. People have eyes to see but cannot see. That's an empire Good evening, Sangezo. Good evening to your listener, uh, your listeners, and as well as your guest today. I want to ask him: Does he think that these restrictions will curb the spread? Because we know that people do not wear masks. Maybe the president should have said something along the lines of, you know, should you be found without wearing a mask, so you without wearing a mask, you are going to jail. Because people don't wear masks. You know, they don't wear masks. Right. Thank you. Good evening. I think there is sort of uh, some harshness in the voice of uh, the president when he was addressing the nation. What might be the cause? Is it uh, the notion of uh, no confidence which was tabled or what September uh, around with September? Uh, I don't know what's happening there, but I just noticed it. Just a slight correction on what you had said earlier on the front. So I have just been mm. trying to make sure that we understand that Mr. Mongameli Bobani is late. I think you, when you were referring to the mayor of Nelson Mandela Bay, you were probably referring to yeah. Ms. Tsonono Buyeye. So just um, yeah. apologies for that to Sorry those who that. might yeah. in any event yeah. be offended by that. It, it, it happens, of course it does. Thanks, Ron, so appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry about the, that. The, the, um, the first voice note spoke about a scare tactic. Is that the kind of language that should be used one or even the approach that government should adopt scare tactics well well the the voice that's uh, clearly coming from someone who speaks from a perspective of a health practitioner i accept absolutely he's frustrated yeah, where so, he is uh, yeah i and i i think i can I, I i think that resonates with a lot of people in the profession as well who maybe daily put their lives at risk but there isn't a comparative um you know compliance from the public mm. um, and they believe that the only way to curb it is to have real you know rules being implemented um, the question then from the third voice note was whether or not that whether or not that would actually curb the spread um, I am not sure about that uh, it for me it depends on the enforcement how well it is enforced over the festive period remember that law enforcement's resources will be split at this point they will have to split it between the prevention of crime prevention or traffic um, regulation as well as COVID prevention. Uh, you can't do all of it at the same time, and we have limited resources. It's unlikely that it will significantly change it unless personal behaviors towards the diseases is actually changed. Um, I have no idea what the president, uh, with regards to the fourth voice note, what the president's motives might be with regarding the motion of no confidence. Um, I don't think the motion of no confidence played a, a role, given that we knew that increasing numbers had been happening for the last month or so. We were expecting a speech from the president uh, just before the holidays. Um, if I, I just want to say one thing, and this is perhaps the most important thing uh, in the entire speech. If you may have noted, there was, the president said that they'd be giving 327 million uh, rand from the Solidarity Fund towards COVAX um, and vaccine procurement. This is a paltry, small, minute number compared to what other countries are spending on vaccine procurement. Um, the UK yesterday uh, first approved first in the world the vaccine because of how hard-pressed they are. 
other nations have thrown billions of dollars into the vaccine themselves. Um, and even if you're pooling resources, remember, this is a strategic game. If we are in a, if we're in a world where Russia is contributing more resources towards COVID procurement than South Africa is, the claim towards most of that intellectual property actually falls towards the Russians, who claim they already have a vaccine in the first place. The same with America. Nothing will be given out for free. Um, and in fact, those are the countries that sit at the head of the World Health Organization. South Africa's biggest response is not changing individual attitudes, but is having a greater infusion of cash towards vaccine procurement and ensuring that the structures are set up for the spread and distribution of that vaccine. I don't, uh, otherwise, I just don't see us uh, curbing this virus enough, um, given the large numbers of people that will be traveling after December. Let's leave it there. Yeah, it is quite sobering. There's so much to talk about, but the reality is the reality. Absent any dramatic changes, nothing is going to change in both the trajectory and the numbers, both moving in the wrong direction. Everything is going up, and it takes me and you to make it go down. And right now, it's about to go down with the news, 21 hours.